good evening yet again. I know it's been a single day since we've talked last, but welcome back to Focus Fire Chat. Tonight we are actually going to finish up the segment on the Books of Sorrow so that next week we're going to be ready to start on our next topic, which I'll get to in just a minute. But first I'm going to run through some quick introductions. This is Blue, Blue Crew 86. Um, with me also as well, we have Justin Sane 0516 and Simon Willie Beeman. Ow! <laughs> uh, tonight's topic, like I said, we're going we're gonna to finish up our segment on the Books of Sorrow, which last night um, was a last night was a bit of a rough night because basically what we did was we just ran through all the cards. Some Story us, time. Some of us didn't make it all the way. Um, but we tried really hard. But can, so, yeah, I've been moving all week too. So come on now. Hey, hey, can we can we just throw some love out? Um, Blue and I two man the books of sorrows, or at least that's the last. A, that's got to be a world's first, right? Yeah, world's first two man. So so tonight it's going to be Willie and Justin's my major show because <laughs> it's mostly going to be spin foil theories. Are are just our responses in to the 52 cards that we, we've we gone over the last two episodes. Um, so just you know, recap real quick, like I said, we ran through the rest of the cards. We basically broke the sections that we normally break each show into into two episodes to just help it flow better. Um, so last, last episode was basically this week's What Do We Know, and this episode is going to be What Do We Think. Next... Next week, and again, schedules for this show is every Wednesday at 10 p.m. I'm going to throw the schedule up in the chat. Every Wednesday, 10 p.m. Central, we do a two-hour segment. We try to keep it about two hours. Sometimes we go over. Usually we go over. Um, Two-hour two segment that basically recaps the previous week's conversation in our Focus Fire chat, which is a chat room that we have running with a cross-community group. Uh, that goes from Tuesday to Tuesday. Every Friday we vote on the next topic for the next Tuesday. And it allows us to just really delve into the topics of Destiny. Um, so that being said, the next week's chap is going to be the Elixney, which most of us know as the Fallen. And we also, I'm working with one of our really, really big apologist for the Fallen to see if we can get him on the stream as well. I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty sure Damo is going to actually be able to make a, make a appearance. So that, if he doesn't, I'm going to record myself murdering so many dregs. (laughs) Hashtag drag lives matter. (laughs) (laughs) So normally, normally, for Dan, for in Damo's defense, normally Wednesday night he's he's in Leroy Jenkins, our clan, and so normally Wednesday night is the raid team that he's on. That's his night that they raid. Um, so we're we're trying to to work out the the schedule bit on that part. But with that being said, I'm just really actually going to turn it over to Willie and Justin to kind of take off on what do we think about the books of sorrow? Okay, Dan is wanna... a person. Yeah. Do you yeah. see? This, you don't get to yell at us because you fell asleep. We gave you a chance yeah. to defend yourself, and your defense was <laughs> sleeping, Willie Beeman. Um, do we oh, want to go overview, or do we want to go um, kind of a a linear um, in line with the books, or do we just want to like start? Just we want to kick out the jams and just be crazy. 
What are we doing? I'm going to leave that up to you guys. I'm, oh, I'm my goodness. Try, I'm going to try not to yell at anybody for staying on topic. Oh, hey, Anar- you know what? Let's just let's go with pins. Pins through Anarchy. a question. No, pins through a question. We're going to go with that one. There you go. Start with that one. Okay. So the question, question I can't is, see it. Okay, that's fine. I'll read it. It says, the thought of the idea that the continents on Fundament are pieces of a ship. Could the ship be the twin of the Traveler? Oh, I guys, like it. Do you guys want yeah. to go or do you want me to yeah no uh this is your theory blue i think you should okay. i think you should feel this one. i i actually don't think so i think i think it is it is an interstellar ship we know that um you know we kind of bounced the idea in the uh first episode i believe it was bouncing the idea that the needle ship was a an escape pod basically um because we know that the needle ship could not achieve Geo, uh, geostrategic order, geo, geostrategic Geosynchronous. Order. That one, that one, that's the word I was searching for. <laughs> there was a word. Um, yeah. We know that the needle ship couldn't achieve orbit until the worms created a wound from the logic that they gained at Kaharn's slaughter. The, or the slaughter that they performed at Kaharn gave them enough lot, sword logic power to create a wound to take the needle ship and the, I can't remember what, uh, cutters, the cutters into orbit to chase the Traveler and to wage war on the Ammonites. Ammonites. Um, I don't I don't think the ship could be a twin of the Traveler because that wouldn't... First off, I don't think there's anything that exists that is an equal to the Traveler. I think in the same... There's another... There's a Okay, so uh, there's another theory that we also have. There is in the lore, in the Grimoire, a, in some of the armor pieces, there's a mention of a an entity called the Formless One, and it is an entity that I, I'm kind of in the impression that the Formless One is the antithesis of the Traveler. So, the Traveler exists on as a, a divine avatar of the light, and this the Formless One is the avatar of the darkness or the deep we which that's another argument is is the deep the same as the darkness but i don't think that the traveler has a i think the traveler is a singular entity i don't think that it has multiple entities that are existing at the same level of being um so long, long answer short, no, I don't think it would be a twin of the Traveler, but I definitely, definitely, definitely still hold to my theory that the continents that they claim that are floating around on Fundament are, pe- are shrapnel pieces of the ship, which backs up my also my understanding that Tau is in the Grimoire for, I think it was the, the Betrayal card, she makes a comment about she is the one that knows how to build engines. She is the one that has the information on these engines. Well, what better way to learn about an engine for a species that's never has not ever done any spacefaring um, than to happen to be on the segment of the shrapnel that had the engine bay on it? Um, and that was actually the the one of the bargaining chips that Tau used against the helium drinkers was the fact she would she would use her knowledge of engines if they helped her do the dirty deeds with with eradicating the Osmian court. Um, so yeah, that's I I still think it's a ship. I don't think it's a twin of the Traveler. Um, I'm gonna go ahead and uh, 
I'm not saying I agree with that, and it's a very interesting idea, actually, um, um, Pins. I'm going to say, I'm not saying that it's a twin of the Traveler, but I'm going to go ahead and say that the idea that the Traveler is unique may not be entirely correct. And the, the feeling that I get from it is uh, Yule actually refers to the Traveler a couple times as the sky's bait star. Now, it's a metaphor, but there's many bait stars on a storm joy. And this is the I'm, I'm kind of getting an image of the sky as being an entity and the traveler as being just like you said, an avatar of the sky. Wouldn't it make sense that there were more than one and uh, one for every, you know, observable universe, right. as it were? Uh, well, I guess if you're going to throw the multiverse theory in there, then there's no multiverse. No, there's no multiverse. multiverse. There is a multiverse. <laughs> Gosh, we're not even trying not well, to obviously, there is a multiverse. Yeah, the Vex, Look at the Vex. The Vex confirmed yeah. that there's a multiverse, but the I, I think the comment about the bait star was the um, the the idea that it would because you remember the bait star. It was like the anglerfish. It drew, it drew you in. It yeah. drew you in. I think that was where <clears throat> that he was going, or it Yule was going with it. Um, not so much that it's a direct parallel of there are multiple bait stars. I think that it was, hey, we're gonna it because you know then we also have the theory of what if, if the krill followed the bait star, are they actually dead. You know that that whole theory yeah. too. Um, one big thing that I always wonder about, like, they assume because how primitive they are that the bait star, when it takes you, eats it you. kills you. You know, it, it's eating you, but in all reality, it could be rebirthing them, you know. Right. Um, because when they get taught the paracausal, um, when they get taught the, uh, what did, what's the the word ritual the paracausal rituals to to access space magic which so backing up paracausal is destiny's word for space magic so anytime you see paracausal it just means something that escapes the cause and effect causality yeah yeah it's it's kind of a weird terminology but so but there's a comment on the card when the deep when the worms teach the hive paracausal rituals that Small minds might read this as magic. Oh yeah, and so I, I, I kind of, I am, I really actually kind of like the idea that the bait stars aren't actually killing them; that they're actually selecting them for something. I don't, I don't know. I mean, it's. A, a I mean, it could be as far for as bravery. Yeah, well, I guess that's true for bravery. Yeah, or stupidity. The braver, the braver ones are the ones who are going after the bait stars. Either that or the yeah, or the ones that are stupid. just ready to die. So, yeah, you know, that's a good question. It's a good way for the old and the sick to, uh, you know, to choose death. But you know, for all we know, once again, I have a feeling that we'll end up learning more. Hopefully, as the game goes along, you know, the whole not ten-year plan. But that's mm -hmm. been, yeah, I, I, yeah, I mean, if if. I really hope that with that this level of grimoire release is going to be consistent with every release of DLC going forward. Mm -hmm. Because as much information as it's been, 
it's also clarified a lot of our previous theories um and and that's been nice like you know we've we've gone round and round arguing about the information but ultimately it's also just it's very nice how much this is cleared up of course i'm also hoping that bungie actually gets their stuff in order and actually starts writing books or something like they did with the halo series but oh they don't even have to get their stuff in order all they have to do is outsource it that's what i mean just just yeah. get get karen travis and greg bear and get you know just like get spider spider robinson just throwing his name Give me a vault of glass movie or that i will throw money at my screen all day long that is i promise you so yeah i mean so that so that that would be the that would be our i guess our thoughts on that um yeah yeah um going from that where where are we wanting to go with that after that so um, you want to touch on pins, kind of our pins is firing, <laughs> pins is firing shots in the chat. Oh, <laughs> oh, you win this one, pins. Um, he, he basically he's calling for Zon to write the books, which I am I have no problem with. No. I'm looking at the chat rather than uh, Grimoire at the moment because yeah, it's fine. So okay, so we. We leave. They leave Fundament, right? They they enter. They encounter the Ammonites. Um, sword. That's another thing. Do we have a, a description of the Ammonites? Uh huh. Six armed cephalopods, and a cephalopod is a lot like a mollusk, which yeah, coincide coincidentally, an Ammonite is a prehistoric mollusk. Which, wait, 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 wait for it. <laughs> Ammonite, no. Yeah, there's a, there's a Pokemon too. But, uh, Sorry, I had to repeat that one. So not where I was going with that. No, uh, actually, Ammonites and... You know that's what Orcs was doing. He was just trying to catch them all. <laughs> He's just trying to catch them all. Um, no, actually, he does take them. I mean... Yeah. This is actually pretty cool. Um, in medieval England and France, they were when you would find an ammonite and it would be like this spiral conch shell looking thing, like a Nautilus. When they would find an ammonite, they actually referred to it as a serpent stone because they felt it looked like a coiled serpent. Mm -hmm. And there was a lot of superstition about it. And, uh, yeah, so that's actually an ammonite. Like, and it's actually kind of, I feel like that's a deliberate Easter egg, which real world, you gotta love it. I mean, the entire the entirety of fundament all the all the <clears throat> all the geographical locations are except for kaharn i don't know what karn is but all of the elemental like osmium court helium court mm -hmm. ammonia is what i attributed the ammonites to um tungsten monoliths hydrogen fountain all of those are real elements i mean there's there's uh, they're you know yeah and I'm not even going to... Do you want me to start on the Virtuous Worms? Because... No, uh, let's go, actually... We can go forever on that. Well, let's, let's kind of inch our way up. And I think if we... I think if we just kind of like synopsize these things real quick. Um, when we hit something that one of us wants to... One of us wants to spin foil out, we'll, we won't miss it. So, um, essentially, Tau 
betrays the Osmium throne and uh, invites the helium drinkers uh, to come and wreck shop. Now, here's my question. It seems very unlikely to me that someone as deliberate and, and uh, you know, uh, aged and wise as Tao would would allow the blunder of letting the three Osmium heirs escape happen. I have a strong feeling that she let them escape. I think she felt, I think she was kind of wrought with grief over her decision. And I think that was her consolation that made her felt, made her feel at peace with it was, yeah, I'm going to kill your family and take your throne, but eh, y'all go. I have this image in my head of, of, the helium drinkers running around saying, where are they? And Tao's looking at them and she says, I don't know. I, I don't know. And then they run away. Like that's the image in my head. I know there's nothing in their dialogue past that point to indicate they have any kind of good feeling well, towards I don't her. Even, do we, is there anything in the dialogue that indicates that Tao was the one that was going to, I know everyone like makes the assumption that Tao, God, where did the freaking mouse go? The, the Tao, Tao was there. Was yeah. the one that was going to kill them. Mm. I don't remember that ever. I'm not assuming that. I don't, I'm not I don't assuming that Tao is a trigger man for any of this. I think but, I mean, she, she kind of hired them out to be trigger men. She yeah. was just like, hey, you wipe these people out. I'll be your your regent. Mm -hmm. And yeah, your engine I, builder. Which but, is another interesting thing. You know, like, apparently not... Even though they were the same species, not everybody had an engine builder. Well, and that's my that that goes back to my point. I think they were on the the piece of shrapnel with the engines. You know, um, they happened to be on that. So, and actually, I just pulled it up on the, the hateful verse. She actually says, "Kill the three heirs." Like, yeah, it's to to me. I read that as you do all the dirty work, and I will rule. And give you information, and I'll build your, I'll build engines for you. Actually, that's exactly what she says. But also, if she's the mother, the current mother, aren't they her spawn? No, she's sterile. She's, yeah, yeah, but she's a sterile mother who has been selected to train them or to uh, teach them. She's the teacher. She's the royal tutor. So yeah. by being sterile. By being sterile, she lived longer. And Operation Manbag has the question. Didn't she do it for the benefit or the future of the Osmian court? And that's exactly why she did it. She, exactly. She did it because um, in the hateful verse, she points out that the Osmium king is going insane. He's 10 years old, which um, the Krill at that time only lived to 10. So he's on his last year. He doesn't have any heirs because, well, the, Os the helium drinkers keep eating them, basically. Mm -hmm. But he has three surviving heirs, each of them two years old, which you know we, we come to know. Zero is the youngest and bravest. Sathona is the most clever, and Arash is the the most inquisitive. Yeah, the, I guess yeah, the most inquisitive, oldest in the navigator. Right, and um, none of them are suitable heirs, according to Tao. Uh, they, she says none of them will protect the Osmium Court. Uh, Zero can fight but not lead. Sathona can think but not fight, and Arash's curiosity will just distract her. Basically, she'll do the same thing her father does. And so then she says, I fear for all future children. So she's sacrificing the children today to save her her court in the future, which it's to me it's extremely tragic because 
well, it's 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 a I- ironic tragedy, in a sense, because <clears throat> by doing what she does, she actually sets into motion the effect that she's so terrified of. Yeah, and like it's it's to me that was that I mean, I, which it's very you know poetic, I guess, but yeah, I actually I see some conflict, some potential conflict because aren't the three heirs also her charge? I mean, they, aren't they, they... Are charge? Yes. Yeah. Uh, so, I, I, I just, I could, I could foresee a lot of regret and um, sorrow there, um, a lot of conflicting emotions, and I, I just, I think she deliberately let him go. I, oh, I think, I think if ending, it was a true ambush, there's no way they were getting away. Right, and I, and the even in the ending, she says, "Written in grief, this hateful request." I mean, she, mm-hmm. she does not. She doesn't want. She, she. I think she feels. I. The way I read it was, she felt like she is the only one who's looking at the big picture, and she's been put in this corner, and it it sucks. But this is the only way. The the sacrifice of the few for the many, basically. Mm-hmm. Um. Thank you, Uncle Ben. Um. So. <laughs> uh. They flee. They make an oath. Uh, a blood pact to come back and kill Tao and and you know oh, I'm gonna get you and they kind of flee out to the fundament um, wherein of course Arash seeks to know the syzygy or the zigzaggy as the layman calls it um, <laughs> I got something for you, buddy. <laughs> uh, God, no. I can't I say the damn word, okay? <laughs> is, it, is it from Target? Is it new? Um, yeah, it was on sale. It know? was on sale. Um, yeah, anyways, so uh, they kind of wander the fundament for a little bit. and uh, For three years. Yeah, and an important part is, which is actually a lot of it in Krill terms, <laughs> that's, uh, you know, it's... Three tenths of a life. Um, I think. It so was, I think it was three years because was I think it was there five when they. Yes, I think you're correct. I think you're correct. I'm looking right now. Um, so, uh, Sathona actually takes the familiar, which is which is the worm, which is what I what I picture when I look when I think of the familiar that they they speak of, um, which I I don't want to get too far into it, but I think. Are we all in agreement that the familiar is is a is a uh, larva larval form of? Uh, I wouldn't yule. say it's even larval. Yeah, it's it's you yule's know? yule's temporal form. Yeah, that's what uh, I'm thinking. I think it's more like you know because I also I believe strongly in the theory that uh, speaker it might not even be a person or. <laughs> oh, are we already going to start this one? I'm gonna get yeah, so you much know, trouble. the speaker could just be a oh, that theory, that theory, the hard light, the hard light hologram, and not even a hologram. You know, he's physical. He's there. Yeah, he's got a big ghost. Yeah, no, know? she, um, she's on, she's right there. So right there he's like, he's like what the white worm is for the worms. You know, uh-huh. because when they find Yule. He's just this dead white thing that talks. He's a hu- 
a husk. Yule? Oh, the the worm is. Yeah, the, I think yeah. the worm is. Yes, Yule the worm, the honest worm that was their father's familiar, and then Sabathun spent a lot of time yeah. with. Or right, I yeah. I always took it as a Abuthan. offspring of Yule. Right, I always oh. took it, and I. I'm still holding to the fact that there was more than one. The thing is, though, the offspring had to be inside a host, and it fed off of the host. Well, that's the offsprings that we're aware of. That's the offspring for all of the hive. The hive, yeah. But those were those were worms that were designed... They, I mean, they were... They're they the were, offspring, and their mission is to make sure either these mothers shut your mouths... <laughs> get us tribute, give us light to eat, or they die. You know, that's that's the that seems to be the purpose of the worm's offspring. And then you have this thing. It it was, you know, it's a dead white worm, but it talks to them. But yet when they actually get down to the center of the fundament where the worms actually are, you know, all of a sudden it's this dragon huge well, but it was a dead worm, too. Remember, it was um, a dead worm. So it could be actually a larva that died, because, as we all know, death doesn't really stop them. Um, just like just like all the Ahamkara pieces that continue to whisper to their wearers, or their bearers, mine. Uh, is that too early? Is this too soon? Wait, what was that? Sorry, I'm, arguing, I'm arguing with pins to not get. You uh, don't company. argue with him. Don't fight it. No, uh, <laughs> don't. Uh, this. <laughs> no, no. I, I said uh, kind of the same way that the Ahamkara burnt bones actually kind of speak to their bearers, even yeah, though they're yeah. very well, much dead. And, yeah, and that's was, one of the reasons why it just right. seems like they they are related. Correct. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, that that and the the. Um, manner in which they speak was those are the two big big indicators that a lot of people mm. use to, to play well out of, of course a listener mine mm. but oh yeah oh yeah at the same time i still have it to where um i don't think they were the first one but the harmony used dragon wishes no, and, were, we all know that the Harmony were collecting the Dragon Balls <laughs> to call were, the dragon. While I love to, that theory, they did not summon Shenron. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I broke the only got one wish. When I said yeah. that. Way to, way to go. I mean, <laughs> because I didn't feel nerdy until you started referencing <laughs> Dragon Ball. And then this whole thing falls apart. Who started um, it? Okay, <laughs> Mister Stick to the Topic started it. So, well, I'm also the one that had to point out the Pokemon connect connection there for you. So, yeah, right. So Blue is the ultra nerd. Yep, I'll take it. Um, there can but, only yeah. be one Alpha. Yeah. Like <laughs> getting back to it, Blue. <laughs> He's been, waiting, he's been waiting a long time. That's so great. But okay, so um, but the description of Yule, right? Yule, so Yule is definitely a separate entity from the worm that is claiming to be Yule. What, can uh, we? Can, would we yeah. agree with that? Uh, yeah. oh. Separate? How physically? Yes. Yeah. Physically, yes. Uh, physically, yes. 
Yeah, I, I can agree physically. Okay, I see what you're saying. So you think that he was... Yes. But, but what if, if he's using... If Yule, which... Okay, so backing up, there are five... Uh, pins, pins had an earlier question. There are five worms. There are, they, are, they call themselves the five virtuous worms. Not... Sorry, Pins. Yes. I misspoke there. So, five virtuous worms. There are Yule, Ear, Zol, Ur, and Akka. Bless so you. Yeah, it's... Akka doesn't... It doesn't end well for Akka, but um, so there's there. Are five it doesn't ones. end bad for me either. And, and, and that's, and that's the other thing is it. Yeah, exactly. But Yule is we we have titles for two of them. Yule and Akka. Yule is the honest worm, and Akka is the worm of secrets. I'm still waiting for Ear, Zol, and Ur. One thing that interests me too is Ao. If that is Ahamkara, uh, that's the only named Ahamkara that we have. And he has three letters, just like a majority of the worms. You know? Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, there, and there's, I'm sure we're going to have a future chat about the worms. and the Well, the worms are all throughout the books, man. We can't talk books and not talk worms. No, they're going to be in there. Um, thing with Hive, of course, given. And am I the only one that actually feels like a little bit of empathy for Orash who turns into Oryx? You no, know, but we're all safe because Damo's not here, so we can all agree that we all feel some sympathy. I don't I mean, empathize with it, but I have sympathy for it. Yeah, I mean, you look at it, and it's like they—they've been taught their entire lives. The honest, uh, the timid truth. timid truth. And it's just basically telling them you are the weakest thing that there could ever possibly be. You're not going to live that long unless you birth a bunch of children. Otherwise, you're going to die in 10 years, you know. And it's just you look at the crappy life that they led and then you wonder yeah. why. And it's and it's extremely violent too. I mean, not only do you only live for ten years, you have another course eating. Your Even siblings. your own race eats ten of your I mean, siblings. It's, you it's know, and I kind of kind of to jump into a point that we made here, but the um, the mention of drag strength in the Elixney chat it really resounds with the timid truth. The parasite. Right, yeah. It's there's there's a lot of and I'm curious I haven't you know, I haven't had it I haven't really delved into the cabal just yet, but I'm curious if the cabal have something similar. Because I know they view the scions as weaker, but it's it's to to me each of the three races. Scions so I mean if I'll, I'll look up the card, but the scion, they, yeah, that's, they, they aren't they, looked sh- down upon. They're not looked down upon, but yeah, um, I I view the scions. If you're if you're at all familiar with the uh, with the the whole Spartan um, and not the the video game Spartans, but the actual Spartans mm-hmm. at Thermopylae, um, they had what were known as helots, H E L O O T, and they were for they were squires. They were um, Pretty much everything a Spartan needed in the field to make him 
battle ready. And at last resort, they fought. Um, but they were conscribed. They weren't, they weren't willingly there. Um, most of them, you know, later on were because they, you know, they, they had affection for their Spartan that they served, but, um, just by design, they weren't willingly. I, that's kind of how I view the Scion, but that's, that's whole, the whole Roman Scion, uh, kind of, it, it's going to be good. Uh, it's it's going to be good when we get the, when the emperor comes, I think it's going to open a lo up a lot of Scion doors for us. Uh, also, I just wanted to add, um, this is kind of off topic, but it's the night for that. Um, Akka is actually Finnish for witch. So, mind blown. Oh, you want to, you want to start that conversation? Oh, yeah. Okay. It's actually right. <laughs> I totally, totally want to start this conversation. This is a fun one. Okay. So, there is so yes, Akka is Finnish for a female spirit, which is also a in some Finnish legends, the goddess of fertility. Your or er is there's there's a lot of definitions for her. Um, obviously, the first one that most people will associate it with is the very very important Sumerian city state in Mesopotamia. It's a giant city state that was huge, but it's also a German prefix meaning original or primitive, and it's also a letter in the Ognum alphabet which means clay, earth, or soil. Um, so, it, and it, this all ties into another big theory that I'm having right now, but the other one is ear, which is Norse. It's a Norse word that means help or mercy, but it was also a goddess or a Valkyrie that was associated with medical skill, mm -hmm. which is interesting because in Destiny, ear is attributed to the creation of Golgoroth, which was a medical process that they used to create a even larger abomination from the ogres who were already viewed as abominations. Um, Zol doesn't have anything. I cannot find anything on Zol and I just ignore him or it. But Yule, Yule is the fun one because most of us, and especially given right now the time of the year that it is, most of us have heard of Yule or as we call it today, Christmas, Yuletide. It's, it's a Yule is actually a celebration that goes for three days after a time of the year called Midsummer or Midwinter Night, which is the opposite of Midsummer. Um, it, it was a, it's an old tradition. And the interesting thing here, the interesting thing here is that there, there is a specific tradition in Yule and it's called the Yule Toast. And there are, it's very specific that there are three Yule Toasts. And the interesting connection here is, <clears throat> not only are there three sisters, there are three oaths. Which, it, one, of, one of them is kind of a stretch, but the other two are actually pretty spot on. The first, and, and it's a very specific pattern in which these toasts take place at the, the celebration of Yule. The and. The other thing about it is the celebration toast are toast with sacrificial blood at Yule, which, if we remember, the oaths were a blood oath that the lead sister, or the king, basically, led the other sisters in. The important thing here is the Yule toast is led by a king and the head priest or um, 
basically it's a priest. The first toast is the first Yule toast is to victory and power to the king. If we look at the first Krill oath, it's vengeance and taking back the court for the king. The second toast is for good harvest and peace, and the this this is the one that kind of is a stretch, but the second oath is to take back their home and breed, which in some cultures breeding is like a harvest. There's there's a seasonal pattern to that. The third toast is just to the king, to the king's health. And the third oath was to understand the cries of the king and to remember him. I just think there's a giant Crazy. connection there. And a lot I'm of also, king. Yeah, well, and it's because the Yule was a it was a seasonal celebration that, you know, there was a lot of political structure behind Yule, but the entire point of it was to celebrate a a you know a good year and to to herald the next the coming of the new year and it was it was a very interesting thing because all well four of the five virtuous worms correlate with very very western concepts you have yule which was a germanic slash northern european process or celebration yeah uh, ear is norse um ur Ur was Sumerian, it's Mesopotamia, but it was also a German prefix. Yeah, and you have, meaning proto. Yeah, meaning, meaning original. or yeah. yeah. And then Akka, which is Finnish, which is, again, it, it's not Western, but it's pretty, it's up there. So I kind of have, you know, and I'm, I was tossing this around with a couple people, I kind of have a theory that they, I mean, for me at least, I see the virtuous worms as a, a symbolic um, expression of Westerners. The the five virtuous worms are very very much based on the concept of independence and you know you take what you want you don't get there's no community here their their worm pack sword logic is very much the strongest person lives there is not a teamwork whereas with the light and this kind of ties into the amakara in a way but in the light the sword logic Damo's going to kill me for it but the sword logic there. It's more communal. It's more the strongest team survives. Look at Trials of Osiris. The per- the, there's not a single victor. It's a victory of a team. The strongest team wins. The, the, so it's, it's more of a, a, almost an Eastern theory of society that the, the strength of the pack, you know, again, the wolves, you know, there's, there's giant symbolism there. But the wolf pack is stronger than the wolf. And so I, again, I just thought that was a very, very interesting thing. And I'm going to stop talking now. <laughs> no, no. Because the other, lo- the other there's a, there's a, yeah, there's a, really fall asleep again. But there was another, there was another one that kind of struck me when we first started was the, that Middle Eastern expansion during the Crusades and the, the, they, I mean, they, they flat out called them Crusaders and the way that the military, you know, if they don't fall in line, make an example of, which was very, very true to the way that most of the military worked during the Crusades period. Again, we I, I mentioned the Granada area in Spain. That was, that was Kaharn. Like, that, that was Kaharn. They slaughtered each other on that area of the world. And they also 
salted the earth and built temples over each other, you know, kind of like one of our sisters really likes impaling things <laughs> on the dead corpses of her enemies. But no. Yeah, yeah I think... Uh, go ahead, Willie. Let's get you involved. Man as a person. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> um, so... No, um, I mean... Bungie, they've been known with everything. I mean, you look at Osiris, you look at uh, a lot of the stuff in the Vault of Glass. They use either history or they use mythology. But they use things from our current culture to help them into destiny. You know, that's been obvious. Um, Lou's version of Spinful there Makes you think a little bit, you know, maybe it could hint toward stuff that's going to happen in the future. Like, uh, <clears throat> it's just, wow, Blue, you hit me with so much knowledge, I feel like I just went to school. <laughs> 29 years old. I'm like, wow, well, really? Just, this was me, part of it? Yeah, to me, that's that was like the first thing. As soon as they, as soon as they dropped the names of the worms, I was like, wait a minute. Like I didn't, I didn't know Ear and Aka off the top of my head, but Ur and Yule, I was like, there is no way that they're <laughs> that they 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 this was not chosen at random. Like that that those, I mean, especially Ur and Yule. Like Yule, I mean, granted, there's a a spelling difference. Yule in reality is spelled with U. I was going to shout that even. at you, but you were on a roll, so I yeah. didn't stop you. Yeah, I wanted to be like, there's no E in you. <laughs> it's a silent E. Um, so, uh, no, go ahead. <laughs> no, 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 go, go for it. Uh, uh, no, no, I was going to say, uh, so we've got um, our three. They've met the worms. They've taken the worm pack. They've taken the larva. Um, they spread it throughout the krill population. The holdouts seem to be centered around the helium drinkers and Tau. Um, and they attempt to leave the fundament, which they achieve by killing a bunch of things. And then stuff, in my opinion, is when the story gets good. Killing them uh, and taking their stuff. Yeah, I love god, that they put so, it that way. Oh my god. The, the, is it not apparent that these cards were written by different people? Does everyone else recognize that the the difference, like the dream card, the dream card was grading to me because it was like we're right where we have good writing and you know strong writing, and then it's like yeah. my dad hit me, I'm like yeah, what, what what is this? He tripped me. He, yeah, he made me cry. It was like oh my it, god. So are you insinuating that some from someone from the south wrote that one? No, is that where you're going no, with that? I am from the south, so I can't. I can't. If he would have said something about a bottle of shine, yeah, that definitely <laughs> would have been a hard south reference. <laughs> so, but, uh, um, so I think that puts us somewhere around um, fifty-two and one. Right. Um, so, so they speak about the fifty-two moons of fundament hosting a star-faring civilization. They're talking about the Ammonite. But then they notice another moon, and I, I, I can only imagine they just misidentified it as a moon. And this is the actual first confirmed sighting of the Traveler in the game. Um, and oh, uh, in the Grimoire. Well, in the Grimoire. It's, if you're going to chronologically. Um, 
and uh, they note that it is an agent of the sky, and uh, it has indoctrinated. I love that word that they used indoctrinated the Ammonite, like uh, you know, like I don't there was like an they indoctrinated the krill. Yeah, like was there an orientation video? <laughs> is, and that's is all... another thing too. Is like they always talk about how the traveler is a parasite. Oh yeah. I mean, Oh, it's so funny. Even Tolan does it. Yeah, it's Um, so funny to me. So he calls the the speaker a drooling fool. I can't argue with that. I think the traveler is a parasite. Yeah, I'm... But not in... Not in the sense that the worms are. No, not in a negative way, but it, it I think it meets the strict medical definition of a, of a parasite. Gonna, you're going to get yelled at. I don't care. Do, do you not remember the argument about symbiotes that we had? Uh-huh, 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 uh-huh. No, but so, I, quick honestly. Question, quick question. Do you think that anybody from Fundament survived? What's our thoughts? Other, other than our pact holders? Yes. Yes, I do. Okay. Tal. Well, no, other than Tau, any other species, <clears throat> any of the other species that was on Fundament, because remember, at the time it's of possible. Kaharn, because at the time of Kaharn, there was a comment that they had only taken over 2% of Fundament. I, anyone, this too, I mean, Orcs, like, way late, toward the end of the books, talks about how he thinks he about revisiting yeah, he Fundament. He to go back. You know, he wants to see what's there, what's going on. I think that also shows that there had to be survivors from this syzygy. That's I, right. I, I agree. I, I think that's I think that's accurate. I, I'm I'm just curious what if you guys think that as well because I don't think, I think they ever settled it in chat. Yeah, I think if there are survivors, I don't think Tao took anyone with her. I think uh, if there well, are, some... she she took people with her, but they died. Yeah, I don't yes. think any made it off with her. So highly debated for a while. Yeah, he does make mention of whether or not anyone dug deep and uh, managed to survive the wave, mm-hmm. which it seems to me like if you'd have dove below the surface, you could have. Right, I mean, unless you're talking about a, you know, a, a tectonic movement, which yeah. I guess I'm trying to think about that and I I guess technically uh, it could form a tectonic movement but even but, but there's no a, plates but there's a gas planet like it's, yeah. it's like there's not I mean they have one needle it's shape. a gas planet but it has liquid it's a gas so does, giant so does, so does all the other gas giants in the solar system I think once you got down to the slush I think you could probably be okay the yeah, cold I... elemental slush. So, um, okay. Describe the slush, Justin. <laughs> it's uh, it's it's are we uh, blue. Halo, are we talking Halo slush? Or are we talking? Um... <laughs> oh, like the, the the hunt the truth slush. Yeah, yeah, best, no. best description ever. Yeah. All right. No. Uh, uh, moving on. Go ahead, blue. Move on. Go ahead. Operation Manbag wants us to jump ahead and best talk th- about the best thing ever. The release of the Vex, which oh, that was awesome, hilarious, hilarious. <laughs> because the part, my favorite part of that whole, that whole scene, was Orcs's punishment of Crota. Yeah, <laughs> he's like, you 
picks him up by his legs and throws him through yeah. the next gate. And he's just like, I mean, like, I cannot help but imagine him, like, grabbing him and doing the, you know, WWE spell oh, yeah. and, like, throwing him. And, jeez. Like, <laughs> there's a particular meme that comes to mind when I yeah. think of this, and it's, I'm going to hit a Mother Crota with another Mother Crota. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> yeah, that is. Yeah, um, yeah, so the the appearance of the Vex, and which card are we uh, oh, uh, first appearance it's of the It's a little ways in there. It's, it's, um, it's, it's after, you know, Orcs, and that's another thing, too, is even after they've become the Hive, you know, Orcs has already become the Taken King. He has his Tablets of Ruin, and he made these children. And the way they speak to each other, I mean, it's still brutal. You know, you speak the royal tongue or I'll pin you up to the wall and yeah, feed you to yeah, ear. Yeah. You know, it's it's like telling your kids, I'm going to hang you upside down by your toes, except you don't really mean it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, except I think he does really mean it. He, exactly. Orcs does mean it. He will pin them to the wall and let ear feed off of them. And it's just that that whole dialogue in those few cards, like where they realize that if they try to go to the dimension the Vex are coming from, they get slaughtered. The Vex try to come into the throne world, they get slaughtered, but they still keep that portal open so they can keep trying. And I don't remember if it was Ir Halak or if it was her sister that said, uh, Father's going to eat our souls as she yeah. sighs. <laughs> Uh, we're, gonna get, we're gonna get spanked. Um, exactly. So, it's it's like one of those old sitcoms where it's like we're gonna be grounded for weeks. You know. <laughs> yeah. So that card is actually the partition of death card. Right. It was Halak. Um, Halak was the one that. Yeah. Our souls. Thirty-eight, I believe, and uh, um, Oryx actually goes into the deep to to do whatever it is he does there. And, uh, he goes with the deep to watch it destroy a civilization. Yeah, and uh, like with a whirlwind. Oh, don't the deep um, did very well. <laughs> yeah, but, and then Crota says, "This will be good. I'll just cut a wound, and then out pops, you know, R two D two on steroids." <laughs> so, and also, it's very important here. Crota was actually manipulated into doing this by Savathun. <laughs> So yeah, like, and I still don't know how that ties in just yet. Well, she, yeah, I don't. Like, did she know? Did she know the Vex were there? Or did exactly? Like, she. she, I don't. I don't get that part. And she. I don't either. I don't understand how she's involved in any way, shape, or form. Right, because and then at the end of it, she also is kind of nervous about Coria being handed to her. Yeah, it was Coria that's. Or Oryx gives her, and she kind of seemed like I don't really want it. Is it going to blow up and kill me? Like, but so it, it indicates that she doesn't know a lot, or I mean, or she's just being tricksy and yeah. No, I mean, she uh, could be because she's talking to Oryx, right? Yeah. Like, hey, what is that? I don't know if I trust it. <laughs> yeah, but she takes it anyway, and that's you. Know, I, I believe that. That's another interesting part that yeah. orcs can take things 
but also leave them some of their will? Like, how much will did he leave Quoria? Is she at that point where she might be secretly still sending vital information to other Vex, or she obedient, but, you know, still thinks to a point? Kind of like, yeah. uh, Ex McKenna. I don't right. know if you've seen that. Right. About the, the maid. Yeah, I love it that I love it that they refer to Coria as uh, the Vex ritual of better thoughts. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like how uh, it's it's almost as as I would imagine um, the Hive describing Google. Um, just and that's that's pretty much what Coria is. It's a big a big uh, search engine, a, a simulation um, generator. It's pretty much it is. It just it queries and it runs a simulation and then it it uh you know kind of archives the results. Um and uh so Crota he releases the Vex and he says, Oh crap, dad's gonna be so mad. As 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 Manbag says, Crota done effed up. <laughs> um Yeah, so Coria actually um starts immediately sizing up the hive, um, adopt sword logic. Um, they end up adopting, uh, worship, deity worship. Um, and, uh, they become a real problem actually, probably as big a problem before us that the hive have had. Um, and it says for a hundred years of local time, whatever that is. Well, because remember, throne worlds are outside of local. Ex- exactly, but in the oh, I, I, I can see, o- yeah, 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 I see what you're saying. I can only imagine it was a hundred years there, whatever that turned out to be here, whether it was millennia or whatever. Um, they had a very lengthy fight with them, um, and it was a seesaw, just like you said. Neither one could gain a foothold in the other's world. Um, and then Coria captured some larvae, began experimenting, and it learned it could alter reality with mild ontopathogenic effects. This is, I think, probably where the Gorgons got their um, got their power to write you out of existence, because that's referred to many times as being an ontological weapon, meaning it's able to actually rewrite the origin of you um ontological actually means the study of origins i mm-hmm. think that's correct you, were you yeah. with me there yeah okay yeah. good um so yeah i think this is actually the birth of the gorgon's power um and uh yeah it's, it's very very interesting and uh it actually manufactures a priesthood and this is i mean this is the birth, I think, of the Black Garden. Uh huh. Of the which, er- yeah, which we know is at war with. Oh, which we know is at war with Atheon, but we can pass that off on for another topic. Oh yeah, but the the most telling thing is Quoria never attempted to introduce worm larvae into its mind fluid. Yeah, I was about to say. I think that is. I think because, that's an important thing is why why 
it knows better because right. it's a bad deal. <laughs> Which we learn when Oryx takes out Akka. Well, at least his translation of why it's a bad deal. Yeah, so... I think it's the the scream, I think, is the the other card that they kind of realize that, oh, this was the terrible idea. Shit. And so Oryx actually gets um, word of this happening, comes back, and uh, Crota's got some splaining to do. And he does, through a Vex time gate. Um, I actually think we we have surpassed this part, but it touches on the Vex. Um, did we get? Does this put us past the Ecumene? I believe so. So but are you going? Are you going back to this theory? Uh, yeah, yeah, I am, and I think it's. I think I, it's I, there. Okay, go for it. So the Ecumene strike me as a collective type um, society. And I, I just kind of liken them to the to the covenant. Um, just being a collection of different species all gathered in the uh, you know, in the ecumene. And actually ecumene is a Greek term for um, the civilized world. It was the Greeks, it was how they referred to the Roman Empire. Everything the Roman Empire touched was this ecumen, um, and that include different races, different different civilizations that have been assimilated. Um, and I've long had this theory that the Vex were actually built by a collective civilization that was collective of several species, because there are very distinct body types within the Vex. Um, arsenal. I mean, they're very clearly modeled after something, and it, it, at least my experience with humans, we tend to make our our robots look like humans. Um, and I just have this feeling. We just, I think it's just the nature of you know sentience to when you do get advanced enough to to make a robot. You make it in your image. It's the God complex. And I just feel like the, the hobgoblins, the goblins, the minotaurs are modeled after the different races of the ecumene. And there's countless other tie-ins with the ecumene and the vex. Um, but uh, I, I believe that the ecumene are actually the creators of the vex. And I think they created Quoria and the Vex to combat the Hive. And instead of just sending them out straight up to fight them, they released them into time to try to probe a way to defeat them. And this is how this whole battle between the Vex and the Throne World actually came to, to happen. Thoughts? It's a lot. <laughs> well, and I, I mean, I see where you're going with it. And I, I thought, I thought, I think the other time I was reading the thing, I thought you were saying that the Ecumene are the Vex, but I think you're saying, no, they, they built the Vex. Exactly. I can see that. I mean, in their you know, image, because we, we met the Ecumene, I think it was 25, I think was the card that, and that's where you, you kind of get the, um, 
the AI type reading um, in there. But in that was it, that's the one that apparently I sounded like Dinklebot reading the Dick Data or Dick Data or Dak Dakua. Yeah. I yeah I I. Which would also explain why Savathun might be a bit aware of what was going on. Maybe. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because maybe she... I just don't know. So do you think the Vex is from this dimension? Or do you think... Yeah, that's what Manbag just tossed in there. Is Do you think it was an accidental event that opened it to another dimension? With the multiverse theory? Or do you think it's... This is because they they wiped out the ecumen. Yes, but so I, it has to be from another. Well, unless they created them and exactly sent them out. It's and if they're yeah. self if they're self replicating, then it doesn't yeah. matter if and, there's a, a there's a human or a uh, sentient flesh bag there. No. And it's like uh, the end of the first Bill and Ted movie, I think. It's like, whoa, we haven't practiced at all. We should go back in time and practice. And all of a sudden, they're accomplished musicians. So it's like, um, yeah, that was a Bill and Ted reference. Um, So it's like, um, man, we really should have created a a robot race to combat these guys. Oh, here they are. because we well, cause we know that they I mean we know time travel is occurring right we know that yes and we know the vex so yeah I mean so the vex the uh, I don't want to get into the vex as much as possible but we they, can't not get into the vex the vex confirm basically to me at least they confirm the existence of a multiverse because of the whole looking for the um looking for the king of all or the the mm-hmm. end, the fight I can't remember what it's called but a king for all outcomes yes yeah and so I mean that to me tells me they're looking we know that from the Ishtar Collective and as on you know that that whole thing too that they are able to see all the divergent timelines and they're building a something for a victory of all those divergents which you know indicates a multiverse which also indicates an infinite multiverse because getting into time travel, if you have a choice, which everyone always has choices, then the moth, the, you know, the moth prophecy, the mothman prophecy, basically every time a moth flaps its wings across the world of, you know, a tsunami starts, it's like Uh everything, everything has an effect. And so you're, you're into a system of splintered timelines beyond everything. Which is makes sense why a human mind can't encompass that, and they all go insane, which leads us to the exos. But back to the Hecumen or the Dakoa Ministry of War. I don't know. I mean, like, I want to point out too, real quick, before we move on too far from the Vex, they did not know what worship was or anything of that nature until they celebrated it. Until they met the hive, exactly, until Quoria found that worm. Then, mm-hmm. you know, of course, in Vanilla Destiny, we have the Vex that are worshipping the Black Heart. As, the, yeah, um, 
the Vex that, you know, they, they have at least some point of worship in the Vault of Glass to Atheon. The Hezen are in the they, Vault of Glass. They, they revere him very much. The Soul, I think, or the Garden? Yes. Soul, soul Primeval. Yeah, and then yeah. Hezen are in the Vault, and then there's one other one that I can never remember. There's three. Uh, well, there's, there's the Virgo Prohibition Virgo. on Mars. Yeah. I think that was the other one. Um, yeah, I can't wait to do Vex, by the way. But, um, yeah. so then we get um, to a point to where, you know, it, it's such a paradox to me, that the whole Hive way of being, because they've made this pact with the worms, and they they have to kill. They have to, to prove themselves true and everything else false. Um, but once they have killed everything, they will themselves be consumed, will they not? Well, and that's that's the the argument with the sword logic. They'll run out of worm food. It's they they become worm food, and yeah. it's like that's that's where the argument of the worms are just playing them starts coming yeah. in is because you know Oryx wants to be the final form, but he. He almost it, it's it's he can't be the final form because of the worm that grows inside of him. Yeah, the Which final think, form will be the worm, right? Because the only thing left is the worm, and it's I think I'm trying to remember where it is because there is a comment about there's a comment that he's trying to find a way to bridge life and death so that. Even if he dies, he'll still exist. I, I want to say that's toward the end, Blue. Yeah, it, it is. Where he it talks can... about um, that could even be the very last card where he more... talks about he's going to make the the, the book, book that we're talking been talking about for two weeks for three <laughs> chats now. Uh, I'm pretty sure that he's talking about making this book a map to a weapon. Which I don't think is the touch of malice, even though he said it has malice to it. I think there's going to be something else once you get all 50 of the fragments and unlock all of the cards. The but it it tells pretty much that this weapon is going to bind you to orcs and orcs to you, and that through this he is going to live himself forever. Which makes you wonder, you know, do you really want to use that weapon and keep works alive? Just gonna throw that out there. Well, and it's 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 interesting to I, me. Make it badass too. enough, anybody will. Right. You know? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's interesting to me. Well, everyone used Thorn, but it's interesting to me because he says in that card, you know, if I am defeated, I know that I will fall to something mighty, something that craves might, something that loves what I love, which is the deep, a principle and a power, the versatile protein need to adapt and endure, to reach out and shape the universe entirely for that purpose, to mutate and redesign and test and iterate so that it can prevail and seize existence and hold it. I mean, basically, it's the only way you're... I mean, it, which is kind of the, you know, talking about paradox, it's kind of the paradox of the Guardians defeating him. Because we're agents of the sky, <laughs> not the deep. But I mean, it's it's just I don't know. 
Well, the deep at the same time, you, you look at how the deep talks to orcs in the in the book where or in the chapter where he actually talks to it. I'm looking for it right now, but it speaks a lot like one of our lost friends that's stuck in the oh, yeah. ascendant plane. Sit back, relax. Yeah, you know, put your sword down. There's you know, nothing to be afraid of here. It's I'm, I'm looking for it right now. Majestic, majestic. Yeah, that's it. That's the card. Verse four, two. Orcs, my king, my friend, kick back, relax, shrug off that armor, set down that blade, roll your burdened shoulders, and let down your guard. This is a place of life, a place of peace. You know, he's telling them just chill out. You're all right here. And he just starts, once again, this formless one, the darkness, starts talking to orcs, kind of like how Tolan does to us, which we know Tolan has talked to the deep, also known as the darkness himself. He's probably the only guardian that has actually done it, other than maybe going spin fully here, but maybe Eris. Well, and, you know, you want to talk about spin full, we, there's also the running theory that Osiris talked to the dark because of the whole, he has the courage to walk into the darkness, but the strength to walk back into the light. That comes back to, and, all right, fine. You, everybody else has made an out-of-game reference. I'm going to make an out-of-game reference as well. <laughs> there you go. Look at Mass Effect. Okay, the Geth. Although the Geth were one of the main enemies through all three games, in the third game, you run across a Geth named Legion, which explains to you that, just like the Vex, they are one mind across many bodies. You know, they're all connected. And it just seems like that's something like what's going on with the Vex right now. You know, they, they hint to it very heavily that they are one being in a sort that goes across, that they, they act as one at all times. If this is doing this, it's going to relay the information to make sure that the guy uh, a couple planets away is going to be doing it. Right, yeah. And, you know, Legion ends up becoming your friend, which it also leads back to the whole, you can mean creating the Vex, if not the Vex being a uh, an emergency protocol like what the Queen had, because you, you look at that too, there's so much that we haven't covered and we only have about a half hour left. But in the very beginning of Destiny, the Taken King, Queen of the Awoken, Marasov, you know, it seems like she's done for. Works uses his throne world to destroy her. And it definitely, when you read the grimoire and you look at everything, it seems that's not the case. You look at it and it's like, Mara, as always, had a plan. Because why would she let herself be ended so easily? When her brother, the crow, he goes ahead and tries to censor because that's the way he knows whether or not she's alive, as it seems, in the Aftermath card. He does get a faint presence of her, which, Blue, this is your spin foil theory. 
So I'm going to let you take over here. Which one? About Perhaps what really happened. Well, what, with what really happened with Marasov. Oh, I don't know if that was mine. That might have been... I'm trying to remember. One with... Uh, well, you got to look at it this way. We already read that what orcs did on the outside of the dreadnought to wipe right. out most of, the, if not all, of the Awoken fleet. Well, we know not all because Aldrin ends up on Mars, surrounded by crows. Which was a really far way to fall, by the way, because they were on yeah, Saturn. Yeah, from Saturn to Mars. You know, that's, that's uh, a bit of a distance. A, a wee bit, yeah. When you look at the uh, astrology and how far away these plants are from each other. But at the same time, this weapon that Oryx used to defend his dreadnought, he used it, and it's his own throne world. Mm -hmm. Oh, so, yeah, okay. Yeah, was, yeah, that isn't was, that you, Blue? I think that was, I'm pretty sure that's you. It was Damo or Dragon, I think, that actually had it. But uh, well, I liked it a lot. It, that, the one that's that she, what Mara's plan she, was. She jumped into his throne world? He you know, she didn't necessarily just take her feet off the freaking ground. Yeah, she... she almost, you almost made me drop an F-bomb, Blue, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe I made the first one. Uh, um, yeah, yeah. come on, Justin. Get with the game, man. Don't, get don't on be my dropping F-bombs in the... Get on my level. The <laughs> um, yeah, so he actually... Our PG-13, thanks to you. Yeah. We get one he more. Put, that's all. He pushes his, uh, his whole throne world out through that, uh, what I can only describe as the Dreadnought Sphincter. Um, and, wow. Uh, it's so accurate. Hey, it's so that accurate. is very accurate. Um, he, he, stuck it with, he stuck it with Continue. a sword. Stuck it with a sword <laughs> and something came out. Um, actually, I did have a... Uh, a, a, just a real quick, I don't want to get into it very much, but the Ecumene, in one of the Ecumene cards, um, where they're kind of catalog, you know how they, they always like they're signing on with all mm -hmm. the, the nomenclature. Um, they, they note um, as of radial 990, groove zero. Right. Um, this, that, and the other. There's actually a time travel theory that is known as the cyclic model. Mm -hmm. And that is that time is cyclical. Everything that is happening now has happened before. You know who and, else believed in that? And it will happen again. <laughs> Who's that? And the Aztecs. they're not the first species yeah. to have. There's plenty of humans that have that theory. Yep. Yep. Exactly. Exactly. And it, it does seem to be the theme of destiny that everything but, is a cycle. Exactly, but what if the radials um, are? Uh, what if the oh, yeah. what if the radials are the revolutions, the number of times around the horn, and the grooves are the different timelines? So groove zero would be the first groove in the center, or the you know, the center of the circle, and then picture a record right, with yeah, grooves no. you so would put a needle in. But would you say that all the grooves are interconnected, or are they individual grooves? I would say they're individual, and that the vex can move between them. That would make sense. 
can't if wait to do yeah, Vex the week. Vex are be f- yeah, the Vex are just going to be oh, yeah. a headache okay. for me. Because I, I, I had to throw that out there. I can't stand time travel conversation. Exactly. And I am going to throw out there, since it's spinful time, that Kabir was never confirmed dead. Just that he was taken over oh by God. his armor. So oh Kabir God. could end up being our our legion for the Vex. He could be the one that helps us barter to where we realize that in the end we all have the same goal. You know, you, you read it. can't remember what card off the bat. But one of the cards does say that the Vex's main goal is only to find a reality in which they survive. Yes. Which we've helped them do a couple times now. Which I, I argued this with somebody in the chat. I can't remember who. But someone was trying to say that the Vex have never worked with us. While it's not that much work when you do the Paradox mission for Praetith, you go to the entrance of the Vault of Glass, where you oh, typically yeah. have to have six people. Yep. Yep. That's that's correct. They they do. They don't they don't fire on you when you and and uh, just a, just a little shout out to Damo. He he he's repeatedly said that he doesn't kill those. God, those I made the mistake. <laughs> I made the mistake of like seeing Vex and just instinctually no grenades. No, here's here's a pro tip. I'm just gonna this is just the tip with Justin saying. I'm just gonna give you a pro tip. Throw on your celestial nighthawk, line them up, and you can shoot every single one of them on one side with one golden gunshot. <laughs> it is the funnest thing ever. <laughs> I told Damo that and he was like, You're evil. <laughs> they pose no threat to you, Guardian. Um so I think right now we're we might want to kick it into overdrive because we've got thirty minutes and uh, anything that you would like to see thrown out here, um, Book of Sorrows wise before before we do run out of time, uh, go and throw it in the chat. And uh, same for you, you Blue and you Willie. Anything you feel we need to that warrants some uh, some further spin foil, go. Pay in as a person. Oh Pay in as- <laughs> this is never going to go away. No, not until you guys find out paying as a person, oh and then, God. oh, what do you and know? Then- Willie's been right this whole time. All right, so sword logic. Oh, man, how have we not even said those two words well, yet? Well, I've said them, but I've just kind of kept moving and not said them again. Sword logic um, is extremely... Okay, so th- first... There is a giant difference between sword logic and what we've all, like in the chat, we've come to term as worm pact. Big difference. Big, 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 big difference. Actually, it's not a big difference, but it's a very fundamental difference. Sword logic is just the definition of what Destiny has basically coined for Darwinism. It's the survival of the fittest. Worm Pact is if you're not strong, you deserve to die and I'm going to go and actively seek you out and kill you. Like, it's, it's, there is a difference between the two. So, sword logic is just the natural order of the universe, which is, um, 
Toland actually explained that. The sword logic that they refer to in the Books of Sorrow are actually the Worm Pact sword logic, which is the whole thing of strength makes the strength makes the right. I'm just going to put that out there. So when we're talking about sword logic, it's it's important to note that there are actually two. I don't know if you even really would call them philosophies of it, but there is a difference between the sword logic that the Hive speak highly of and the sword logic that at least I speak highly of. There, there's, a, there's a philosophical difference in the application of the concept in my mind. And I don't know if anybody else agrees with me on that, but... Well, we've had the whole conversation really where we, we practice sword logic in the Crucible. We do, and that's my point, is the, the sword logic is the natural selection. I mean, that's the, that's the entire Adam debate that Toland had, is the Adam versus the primordial, primordial broth. The Adam won. Therefore, the primordial broth lost and no longer exists. And that, that is sword logic. That is the core of sword logic, is you have two things, one walks away. The, the argument... The argument here is that that assumes that there is only two paths. There is only, you know, A and B meet, and either A walks away or B walks away. And Damo, and I have argued this constantly, but Damo's argument is there is actually a third path. That is that of coexistence, which I kind of argue is still following sword logic because sword logic's not just physical survivability, it's actually just surviving. And whenever you have coexistence, you always have a leader of the symbiotic relationship. So you technically... And in the, in the sword logic conversation that Toland has, he, he kind of calls that out. He calls out that it's not just physical might, it's also mental you know, mental ability and trickery, if you would, and making sure that the idea, your ideas survive, not just you. So that's, I'll give that to you now, now that I'm done. Yeah, I mean, and I understand where Dan was coming half, well, Hmm. quarter, well, sometimes, (laughs) sometimes I understand where Dan was coming from. But I, I don't think there's really a third path here. I think when it comes to destiny, we've had this conversation as well. The traveler, the worms, the darkness, the light, two sides of the same coin. The, and it comes back to the fact that the, the whole thing has been a pattern from the very beginning. Uh, the gameplay, the, the lore... You know, all this could have already been done, and we don't know it yet, which goes all the way back to the fact that what was the needle ship doing X amount of space into the fundament? Why, what were the monstrosities, the abominations that Savathun and Oryx and Zivu Wrath found down there? Or, yeah, in the birth room. Um, that sounds... Yeah, the birth room sounds exactly like something where... Well, you had flesh fans. Well, ogres. It, it makes you think of ogres pretty much immediately. 
Right. Does anybody I mean, dis- disagree in here? I don't disagree with it. I think that it was yeah. an ogre. I mean, they said it. They said it itself that the crew didn't survive its birthing. Well, it couldn't be exactly an ogre, though. Well, I guess that's because right. like a proto. You have the, the ogres are thrall. I think, I think they, they got overgrown think, and really angry. Right. You know, it, they yeah. they hawked out pretty I much. Think it could have been a host of the original ogre. It could be, you know, or a different species version of an ogre is what I think of when it comes to the abominations. Could have even been the same species. Who knows if the krill, when they had a whole planet, instead of having the traveler visit them, it could have been one of the worms, maybe Yule, maybe Aka. Uh, one of them went ahead and visited instead. Or ear. Sword logic, you know, and as far as... Well, we do know that the worms were fleeing the void, right? We do know that from the... We, yes and no. Because they, they say they that they were trapped right. slash growing in the darkness in the middle of the fundament. You know, they they say that the deep was, yes, they were trapped there. But at the same time, they grew their power there. So it just, it's a lot to try to figure out right now because they haven't exactly broken everything down yet. But I'm going to go ahead and say that the Neil ship, especially when they bring up the fact that it's ancient technology, but it's more advanced than anything they've ever seen. Kind of like with us with the Vault of Glass. Yes, with the with the precursors and the yes, uh, the precursors. It, yes, they they're ancient. They're but incredibly old. But they're, exactly. Yeah, exactly. They. Yeah, that's, it's so similar. You know, it's it's the it's same so thing simple. but different. Why don't you see? <laughs> and the stranger's rifle as well, made with cards that. Yeah, made with parts that shouldn't even exist yet. Um, so, um, one thing I wanted to throw out, um, and it's it's not so much a theory, it's just I, we, we skipped over it, and I thought it was pretty awesome. Um, the Hive actually have a national holiday. I don't know if you call it national, because they're not a nation, but... Um, <laughs> I was wondering if you were going to remember this one. <laughs> Eversion Day is awesome. Everyone wears their underwear on the outside yeah, of their pants. No, November. <laughs> November. No, not November. No. It's, it's coming up March 5th. March 5th. That's what it was. It's uh, 3 5. 3 for the Osmium Airs and uh, 5 for the, the for the number of worms. Yeah, that's big shout out to Mike from Planet Destiny um, for his oh, part oh, in the yeah. birth of Eversion Day. So, so that's fired, real world. When I get fired on March 5th, blame Justin. No, you won't get fired. Make sure there's Superman underpants and you Fair can just enough. say you're fighting crime. Fair enough. Um, but yeah, so they actually had a big party of killing each other and, and, inside out. and turning everything inside out. I um, just love the fact that they were like, yeah, we had a party. We turned yeah. everyone inside out. It was a great time. And is it wrong, Willie? Is it wrong that I picture Eversion Day as any normal day in the foxtrot band um just just random chaos 
<laughs> and just dragging each other inside out. That's that's oh what I picture. God. <laughs> right, but yeah, right. so. So uh, going, well, but actually, I I did want to point. I did find this quote really interesting. Going back to the concept of you know the the two sides to the one coin on the the books of the worm food card from books of sorrow. He may Oryx says, you know, I will go on forever. I will understand everything. There is only one path and that is the path that you make, but you can make more than one path, which I thought was interesting. So like, you know, you're saying we can only choose, you know, one of two things, you know, and all this, but it's almost like he kind of sees that. And he, even he kind of is like, is that really true? Like, if I, if I am my own agent, and I don't have a, if I'm not predestined to do something, if I might, if I'm truly my own agent, then maybe I don't have to do, you know, whatever it is. Well, what is it? I think you posted a pretty good quote. It was uh, the one. There's the yeah, there's but one path, the one that you make, but you can make more than one. Right? Yeah, that's that's the one that I I really like that quote. Um, that was a really cool one. Paradox. And then, yeah, per, yeah. Um, so you know, I mean, you can make your own path, and and I think that's proven. Like his whole his whole um, way of thinking uh, is proven wrong when he says, "If I'm defeated, it will be by something mighty, something that craves power." Um, not so much. I mean, you know what I mean. Er Everyone's seen some people backpack through King's Fall who weren't so mighty. And uh, we definitely don't crave the power because we left it behind and uh, got, uh, you know, got a talking to from Toland. Um, and, yeah, I mean, just the, the deductive reasoning that surely anything that defeats him will just be a bigger, badder version of him is proven false which I love. Right. And I think, but that's his whole thing is break yourselves bars, make a new shape, make the shape from its path, find yourself. Like it's the eternal struggle to, to free yourself from the prison that you've created around yourself. It's almost like what, that's how I read it. It's, of course, then it goes on to eat the light, eat the path, but you know, he's kind of crazy. So, and that's one of the things too. Like, I don't know if that's exactly... Everybody assumes it's Tolan because him in the, sky, in the dark speaks so much alike. Right. But you have the Orcs Defeated card, where it says, Listen, death is the last part of living, and life is learning to die. The song is the same as the singing. The last truth commands me to eat all light in the sky. I will go on forever. I will understand. And then, you know, it goes into the, we, we all love to quote this card. Dwell a moment on the weight of what you've done. Contemplate the story you just ended. Will you ever do anything that screams down the millennia? Will you ever hammer your will on the universe until it rings and rings and rings? Oryx was an awesome power. Show reverence. Alright, enough, enough. A vacancy is open. Hasn't it? How interesting. How very interesting. <laughs> Do you ever pause, dear listener, to consider who benefits from all this heroism you commit? 
Do you ever look around you and feel the faintest chill? As if you are the tiny little ball bearing placed beneath a great mass so that it may, might, if pushed, begin to roll? You're a god yourself now. You consecrate yourself. Emulate me. Use your power to learn. There are worse things to practice being. And... It doesn't seem to me like that's exactly something Toland would say. I almost want to say it might be Osiris. I want to say that it's the darkness, the formless one, is what well, I'm going with. Formless, but I, I guess the part that makes me think, the, the part that actually kind of makes me think Osiris, you know, just me thinking this way, is that emulate me, use your power to learn. And then also the paragraph above it where he's like, consider who benefits from all this heroism you commit. Because, I mean, just think about that. Who actually is benefiting from all this? Who keeps putting us on the path to do missions? Who got mad at people when they asked them why they are being put on the paths to to do missions blindly? Uh, you gonna make, are you going to make me say uh, Osiris? No, not Osiris. <laughs> the speaker benefits from it. Oh, who benefits from it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, and the ball bearing thing. It's like, I don't, I don't know. I, I definitely see a dig at the speaker on that paragraph because, you know, the whole who benefits from this? Who? What? Why are you doing what you're doing? And that's a very Osiris type point. Is contemplate what you? What are you doing? Ask what you're doing. Now, the whole Oryx is an awesome power. Uh, I do like the twist of the Da Vinci quote on that, but the life is learning to die piece. Yeah. I, I actually viewed that, that comment as um, stop for a little bit to think, um, right. I, I'm what, looking, what yeah. good are you actually doing here? Right. Like, it's almost like we've, you know, we've gone and deposed the king and then left everything in disarray and and walked, away. and walked away and what actual good yeah it's a, we can have a parade and say it's this great noble thing which it is but or we could have um, a big speech that no one goes to because we're making out with the stranger in the, the hangar bay uh, no one made out with the stranger she's an exo that would be weird first of all <laughs> if i'm in the hangar bay if I'm in the hangar bay and I'm I'm making out with anybody, it's gonna be holiday. Um, Watch yourself. Kay so, might get angry with you. I don't care. <laughs> um, yeah, not making out with a stranger. What if she time shifts and takes my tongue with her? Um, so you know, you wanted that mental image. Yeah, she could snip it right off. You see her mouth, dude. <laughs> that that robotic mouth so you could just snip your tongue right off and take it with her <laughs> for all you know uh, that's one of the hidden parts of uh, no time to explain oh there's definitely no time to explain that one um <laughs> so there's really not much left to to the imagination after that i mean there's there's Obviously, the emergence... There's plenty the, to the imagination. Well, there's plenty to imagination, but um, there's... At, towards the end there, there's the the ongoing um, kind of debate as to whether or not Oryx is truly... Whether that was a true death at the end of King's Fall. 
Um, well, no, I don't think that's really a debate. The debate is, can orcs actually come back from that death? Because, the answer to that is yes, yes. absolutely. Because um, Exactly. Because he went ahead, he, did he killed siblings. Sav- yeah, exactly. Savathun, Zivu, Wrath. He killed both of them. In their throne world. And the power to kill Akka. Right. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, and then brought them back. He killed Akka. Right. He went ahead and he brought them back. One and through trickery, which of course is Savathun, and one through war, which is Zivu Wrath. And then they went their separate ways, which is another important thing. Is most people don't realize this. So, like, I mean, that's the other thing that a lot of people don't understand is that you know there is a potential for two more Oryx level entities out there that most people who are not reading the grimoire are not even aware of because they're not even in the game at all, anywhere. There, I, I can't even think, I don't know if there's even a scannable object that even mentions them. There probably is somewhere. But, uh, I don't I mean, think so. I, mean, for God's sake, I think from have... a video game stance, because you got to think, the Taken King, we had that mission where we have to stop the, I actually believe it's the daily today, try to stop the transmission to the Stars Unknown from the Cabal. Yeah. And yeah. they they end up yeah. talk, the uh, talking to their emperor in the end. So from a video game stance, I mean that's they that's haven't had a Cabal DLC yet. Oh, you're talking developmentally, yeah. But I mean storyline. Yes, it, it's long overdue. Wise, right. I, I'm not arguing that, but storyline. Okay, so let's take that down. Let's let's go down that path for a moment. Let's say that you know the Cabal come in. Right. What are the Cabal known for? War. Well. Conveniently, there's a missing sister whose entire being, she calls herself the goddess of war. And yeah, that's her court. Her in, court is wherever war is. Oh, really? Like a court that an emperor would sit over? Like, like a court this, that Oryx had. Right. To no, gather I know, tribute. I know, but I mean, like, my point is, is like there could be a very well-divined story tie-in between the Cabal and Zivu Arath. I mean, there's there's a lot of Absolutely. There's a lot of theories out there that Zivu Arath is actually the emperor. And you know, I don't think that's the I, case. I think that one, that one. I, I mean, that's I don't, I, I see, that's a long shot, bro. I you, no, I, <laughs> I agree. I see where they make that assumption. I can see, yeah, I can see the connection because with a how lot of, a lot of them are how maybe, the cabal act right, and how like they they seem to. They came to Mars and just sat on Mars. Like, they didn't do anything, really, until all of a sudden the Dreadnought shows up. And then, th- this was an interesting point that I did read with the Cabal, was, so, they the Awoken throw themselves against the Dreadnought and, like, completely get obliterated, and yet the Cabal fly a single ship and punch a hole in the Dreadnought. It's all, I mean, there's there's very high indications that the Cabal and the, the take or the Ive have interacted with each other before to the point where it seems almost that the cabal have schematics of the dreadnought well and that's and that's tying into the theory that zivu arath is involved with the cabal because then it's like well how would they get dread how would they get schematics of the dreadnought you know it's it's there's a couple because they knew they knew exactly where to punch a hole in this giant giant ship to you know get really close to that reactor that they need to detonate I mean, it was there was a lot of conveniences on the cabal piece 
And I just go back to Cabal are based off Romans. Well, one of the major Roman gods was Mars, who was, oh wait, the god of war. Like, good point. There's, there's a lot of tie-ins that, to me at least, point to the possibility that there there could be a another grimoire tie-in. Maybe not in game. Maybe they don't they don't put it in game, but in the grimoire. Not yet, anyway. Yeah, because Wait, I think it would, I think we don't throw. put stuff in game. What well, are you talking about? I mean, you, you <laughs> see that, the there's that the, also confused. There the is that slight indication that Savathun knew about the Vex. Right. And it, discussed it, way earlier today. She is the one who tricked Quota into opening that portal, which happened to let the Vex in. And here at the end, once again, this is the one that we know is known for trickery. Right. And she, when presented Quoria, she says, oh, what, is this going to blow me up? It could be all crap. She already knows it's not going to blow her up. I mean, for all we know, and she could have been working with the Vex. Yeah, for all we know, Quiria actually follows her commands. You know, it it could be she was smart enough. Quiria herself was smart enough to say, "Okay, we're going to have to adopt the sword logic. Let's have some priests. Let's get worship going." But yet, not introduce the worm into her. What I was just about to say, and how do they mind fluid? Why would they all of a sudden? I mean, they they adopted everything else, everything else. They they except for the worm, physically. Yeah, physically. I'm like that again. Yells inside knowledge. Like that's something that well said for some vex reason, and that just which goes towards Justin's point about the the, ecumen. mm -hmm. That's that. Tao, Tao told them them, about everything. And so that could be the other point that I think Justin has for that. God, you took the words right out of my mouth. Well, because we were talking earlier about the Ecumen Gate connection. Yes, yes. That's what you're. That was was so crazy as well. You know, the fact that the Ecumen were supposed to be so wiped out that. You know, there was supposed to be no trace of them, and yet... The Vex pull information from them? Exactly. Yeah. That's well, I mean, that's not, really wild. Specifically well, the Ecumene Gate. Yeah, but, I mean, you also understand the Vex network is a time travel network, so they were wiped out, but it, with time yeah, travel... Yeah, we just, went through that. So, but um, it's still just... It, it's convenient. I mean, I just, I just say Sevathun uh, aligns with the Vex. I can totally see Zivu Arath aligning with the Cabal. You know, I, the only people who are left out are, ironically, the ones that we're talking about next week, which are the Fallen, which we know are actually in opposition to the Hive. Like, well, not the Hive, but the... I Dead. think they'll be allies eventually as well. Oh, I think, yeah, and that was... We'll get into that conversation. That conversation is going to be interesting because yeah. we'll, we'll, we'll save that for next today. week. Um, yeah, it, there's it's uh, just... yeah. Um, so Oryx wipes out the tech, the Ecumene, and then there's the, of course, the the crazy Kugu, who, oh God. <laughs> the Kugu. yeah, who are, Which... can't. 
can't get through without. I need to read that card through. before I fell asleep. Oh my god! You <laughs> are just they're acid. They trips. seem like such an interesting species. I really, I want to see yeah. them. I want to see. Here, them. have one of my limbs and give me strength. Not even yeah. strength. Just, not even strength. No. It's psychedelic visions. Euphoria. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's like it's not yeah. Really so it's like, and then in return, my, my all right, fine. Justin used the f bomb. I'm I'm gonna go ahead and use this. <laughs> Eat one of my arms so I can trip balls. Yeah, yeah there, there you go. go. Exactly. I was Officially like, PG thirteen right there. Yeah. Um. Pretty much it. Yeah. That's and uh, there's there's so many races that the the hive have done away with that are just so interesting, like the yeah. Tashibeth. Oh, the Tashibeth are freaking awesome. These empty. Dude, I thought the Ecumene were amazing. Yeah. Like, uh, I thought they were such an interesting species. And that's another thing is, how do we know the Ammonites? Yes, they were cephalopods. Yes, they had six arms. They looked different than the hive. But who's to say that they were not... The evolution, if you took the bait star, yeah, of I mean, krill. I think we we kind of threw that idea around when we were talking about the the bait stars not being, you know, not being death, being the I guess you would call it ascension. A way to yeah, ascension and the ability was, to transcend whatever you want to use the words for it. It just seems a lot like. That was their people, right? But and in you light, have, you have the hive who have the quote ascendant hive. What if the Ammonites were the the sky's variation of ascendancy? Because, uh, that's a good point too. Because you know, as when we become ascendant in the game, we have to walk through that portal. Because the only way through the portal is to take on the ascendancy, and I'm, I'm trying to remember. Don't we have to take? Don't we have to eat something? Or no, no, no. We we, we soak in some some uh, hive stank, and then we are okay. able to. It's been a while since I've played the mission. Yeah. <clears throat> but I mean, it's um, like to me. It's, what we have to do is first we have to go get a break of that. Yeah. Stone. Oh, per- that's right. That's a right. And then after that, we have to go ahead and sneak with the technology we steal from Rasputin yeah, to the got grab it? the hive stink, as Justin so elaborately put it. The hive stink. Yeah. From Crota's funeral. Well, it's not a funeral, not according a funeral. to Eris. Yeah, I was about to say, <laughs> if you're talking Eris more and it's not a funeral, it's... You know, a completely different thing, but in essence, that's what it's it like, is. It's a yeah, funeral. A funeral. Oh, you want to talk about just stepping the bar up on dialogue? <laughs> we, we really start getting going when we only have one minute left I to know. go. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, um, uh, overall, summarizing thoughts, Books of Sorrow... If you could describe it in three words or less, Willie, go. Really freaking awesome. I'm so impressed. I was about to say qualified. No <laughs> <explicitives>. Yeah. <laughs> I thought I was going to push us into the radar uh, yeah. territory. 
All right, Justin, your go. Uh, game. So much information would work to you. <laughs> game, survival, loss. More, please. Oh, look at this guy. Two chaser. More, please, Bungie. Yeah, more, please, Bungie. <laughs> That's my description. More please, Bungie. I think that needs to be the one right there. Oh, my gosh. Hashtag more please, more please like, Bungie. It's just so... I got so fascinated once I started reading the books. I was like, oh, crap, dude. This isn't just a little bit of information. No. This is a buttload of information. I remember, I remember when I first found them, and I was at work, and I just... I'll be honest. An hour and a half, just sitting on my phone, just going through every single card. I read them all in one sitting. I was like, this is amazing. There is so much information here. I don't even know what I'm going to do with my head because it's a straight up timeline of the hive. Yeah. How they came to be, you know, how they encountered the Vex. It even tells you how the Vex encountered sword logic. Everything. And it's so much information that you, you did not expect it from Bungie, but there it was right there. So beautifully written. And General, General Batusta, you, sir, are amazing. <laughs> all right, gentlemen. It is that uh, time. All right. So, shout outs. You want to do it? Yeah. Yeah. Willie, um, Willie you're up. Do it. Willie. Oh, I'm up first now? Yeah. I'm never up first. That's a well, horrible idea. A well, you were. Idea. All right, Justin, all right fine. Shit. Well, yeah, I go th- ahead. <laughs> I thought since Willie, Willie was down first last time, but I guess, okay, I'll be up first. Um, <laughs> so, um, oh, man. Uh, It's I sympathize, but I do not empathize. Um, (laughs) uh, um, Great big shout out. Pretty special thing happened over the holiday weekend or maybe just before we hit 100 users in the game lore um, band. So big shout out to the first 100. Um, Keep a lookout in the band. And it doesn't matter if you're in the Destiny-related band most of the time or if you're in Halo or if you do the Focus Fire. doesn't matter. If you're a member, keep a lookout, and there will be an exclusive uh, First 100 reward coming. Uh, myself and uh, Hobbit, the guy who made the, uh, who made the um, logo for us, is, uh, we're, we're working feverishly to get that out. Um, I would also Ow. like to give a... Yeah, ow! I would also like to give a great big uh, shout out to DOD and everyone in the live chat who made it out. Man bag, um, pins. I know I'm, I always forget somebody. Um, help me out, Blue. I saw Rogue. Nathan yeah, Rogue. Rogue yeah. Um, I'm trying to think, there was another. No Josh. No Josh, so let's send out a search party. We're way better live. Let's just admit it right now. (laughs) Yeah. Okay, so go ahead, Willie. (laughs) Crispy. I'll go ahead. Uh, Shout-outs I will go to once again. Ishtar-collective.net. I mean, we gather all our information from there. So shout-out to the guys that made that. Hopefully we'll have uh, have you in the chat one day. Shout out to Foxtrot, Charlie, for DOD. I started Charlie. I ended up going to Foxtrot and being one of the dadmans there, which 
has been going pretty smoothly. We're at 191 as far as members go now, which... Holy nice. crap. There's 191 of you. 191 <laughs> box shop members. And we are just still growing, so... We're just going to change your name to the Aversion Clan. <laughs> <laughs> and your tribute flows And my to third shout-out, I will go ahead and throw it to my beautiful wife, Marilyn, because she puts up with this crap every Wednesday. And she does not complain. And some Tuesdays. Not on stream, which is... Yeah, she even dealt with it last... Well, last night I fell asleep, so she didn't even know I was doing this last night. No, yes, I did. I (laughs) fell asleep during it. There you go. exactly what it was. You you hear the voice of the woman herself. Oh, yeah. Much love to the wife here for putting up with me and my geekiness. Uh, (laughs) Not her at all. And then, as you uh, again, um, and to hell with you, Damo. Oh, there. there was, <laughs> I was wondering if that one was coming, but um, yeah, that's right. Real quick, real quick, shout out to my clan, Leroy Jenkins. Um, great, great guys. I have a, I have an audio clip that I'm gonna play for them real quick. So just give me one second. <laughs> Found the uh, battle cry. One, boo, you lose. Oh man. And um, well, I played it. In, I played it in the uh, chat, so um, you'll have it. You'll have it on the the audio file. But uh, and then also Guardian Radio. Um, I called. I gave him a shout out last uh, yesterday. God, I keep wanting to say last week, and it's not been a week. Yesterday, I gave them a shout out because they are doing amazing. They're they're amazing. Uh, GuardiansOfDestiny.com. They're actually in the process of giving away a PlayStation Four the Taken King limited edition and so I'm and that's coming up to be that will that giveaway is going to be closed I think it's December 5th is the the deadline to get all the it's basically just send an email and explain what the community means to you which I think is amazing I think that's an awesome idea um but head, <clears throat> head over to their website it's guardian com, or you can just search google I, I I always butcher their website for some reason but just search Guardian Radio in Google, and you'll come up. Um, that entire entire cast is very, very knowledgeable about what's going on in the community, and they're amazing about giving people, you know, shout-outs of their own. And that's also where Bife and Bell, both are who are in our chat as well, Ow! Uh, they're, they're legendary. So they – and Bife is a, a beast unto himself, so – and. But yeah, so that's it. Um, thanks for stopping by, and we will catch you next week. Again, next week is going to be the Elixney. We'll try to we'll try to not scream at each other too much. We promise. Well, oh, we it's going to be so great. We're going to try to keep it. If on Damo's a in this chat, it's not going to go well. It's oh. going to be amazing. I'm just going to be playing the ringmaster the entire time. Yeah. Do you even lore, brah? Oh I mean, <laughs> oh my goodness! Uh, All right, so yeah. We'll, we'll see you later, and have a good night, good morning, whatever you're listening to, and we'll see you again. If you have any feedback, uh, shoot it over to me at my gamer tag, uh, blue eighty six at gmail dot com, and we also have a Focus Fire Twitter. If you're on the 
the Twitterverse, if you want to shoot us a follow over there. We have a, I think we have about 35, 40 people right now following us, and I try to do a daily quote <clears throat> from the lore that we're discussing that week, so I'm going to be shifting gears from Books of Sorrow into the fun, fun terminology of the Fallen. And then also if we need to... As I to, say, you can go into, where is the great machine? Yeah. Where is the great machine? Oh that, might be, that might be tomorrow's <laughs> quote. Um, and then also we have, we now are hosting all of our stuff. Obviously, if you're listening to this, you know that, but we are all hosting it on Podbean. It's Focus Fire Chat, one word, dot Podbean, one word, dot com. Um, we'll get all that stuff out into the game chat too. So, peace out. Good night, oh. Guardians. Good night, oh, Willie. Man.